My name is Rachel. I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Hi. Um, what the hell? <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Good morning. Um, okay, when in doubt, start with steps. So my abstinence date is 11-19-08. So I turned 10 last fall. Um, and I realized actually yesterday that I've been coming to meetings since May of that year. So I've been coming around for 11 years and I've been absent for a little over 10 um, so that's neat I guess 10 years is a long time to not do something that made me feel crazy so that's always like a step in the right direction um, my abstinence if anybody cares what other people's abstinence is, is um, no binging, no dieting, no laxatives, no diet pills so I was a compulsive eater and a compulsive dieter um, I would binge and I would overexercise. And so I like to really run the gamut. Um, and so that makes in that makes my recovery a little funny sometimes because as I have said in other meetings, sometimes for me the recovery is to eat the cookie and sometimes it is not to eat the cookie. And so I I'm trying really hard not to say the words figure it out because God help me. If I start trying to figure it out, then like we're all done for. Um, what I get to do at 10 years of abstinence is learn how to recognize when, when it's one or when it's the other. Um, I have tried unsuccessfully over the years to add things to my abstinence, but my sponsor's on to me, so she doesn't let that fly um, a few years ago there was a period where I wasn't eating sugar cookies, candies, cakes and pies I wasn't eating that stuff um, and I thought it was because I was so spiritual and you know whatever it's really not good for me and I don't like my body doesn't like that and I thought it was all very like on the up and up and then um, I was meeting with my sponsor once and I was like I've made a discovery. And she's like, ooh, <laughs> like, what is it? Um, and I said, I, I don't eat sugar because I'm afraid I'm going to get fat. And she's like, oh, welcome to Everything's <laughs> Anonymous. So you're like eight years in. Good job. Um, so I was, you know, I get to, like, I'm hoping, like, maybe I cannot, maybe we can take those off the menu. Um, but she is a jerk and so wise um, that she said, she's like, would you like an assignment in that way? And I'm a good girl, so yes, of course, yes, give me an assignment. Um, and she told me that I had to eat sweets with every meal. And, like, fruit doesn't count. So, like, I have to, like, eat sweets for every meal. Um, and I did. I mean, you know, not perfectly, but... Um, I integrated that stuff back into my diet, and um, I mean, I don't, I don't know, for better or for worse, I like them a lot, like a lot, a lot, and sometimes I can tell when I'm being compulsive around that kind of food, but because I'm a compulsive dieter, I don't get to cut, cut them out, you know, and so I don't get to, I don't get to cut them out because the reason isn't uh, legitimate. You know, it's not truly because of my health. It's it's because I want to be on a diet. Like more than anything, you know, I just want to go on a diet. That'll solve it all. You know, it'll find my headphones that I lost this week. It will 
oh man, I have been really, I lost a pair of headphones. They were a gift, and I have this really old thing of not taking care of my belongings. Um, and it has sent me really, I had to set a timer. My wife's like, don't look for them for 15 minutes. And I would set a timer. And then I'd be talking to her, and I'd just be kind of like looking at something. And I was like, I have to reset the timer. I had to reset the timer probably three or four times before I actually made it through. And the only reason I made it through that first 15 minutes is because I was eating lunch. <laughs> so, like, I still had it. You know, like, I still, things get stuck in my craw, and I just, um, I just obsess about them. And the only relief is God. The only relief is God sees restore me to sanity and remove this obsessive thinking. Um, because, because I, I'm why I'm here. <laughs> you know, like, I'm why I'm here. So this isn't self-help. This is others' help. And this is God's help. Um, and so, anyway, I eat sweets. That's a long story. Um, and, you know, I, and I, I think that my body changed when I did that, when I took that, that food back into the, um, put that back on the menu. Um, I also had surgery uh, a little over a year ago, and that impacted things because I couldn't dance and I couldn't run and I couldn't do all the things that I do because they're all using my feet. You use your feet for a lot of things. And so when you, when one, like we have a bum foot, it kind of puts a wrench in it. Um, and my body changed. And it was really, like it still does. When I say it was, that, that's giving myself a little more credit than I think I'm due. Um, it trips me up sometimes. Um, and it's funny because I can have, at the same time, I can have, you look beautiful, everything is fine, you're God's body, and oh God, is that what I look like? Like at exactly the same time, I have these thoughts, and it just, because I, I not only compulsively eat and compulsively exercise, I compulsively think about myself, you know, like I compulsively fidget, and I compulsively adjust, and compulsively like suck in. Um, but when it comes down to it so in A they say and we say here too but they really like hammer it into there um, are you willing to go to any lengths any lengths so here the way that applies to me is am I willing to gain weight for my abstinence if my abstinence is no dieting and if I think that I'm gaining weight am I willing to gain weight for my abstinence and the answer has to be yes um, because I'm not willing to go on a diet like I said like I'm uh, I love them. They are so much fun to like tweak out on. Um, I don't follow them very well, but I plan them. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Like my exercise compulsion. I had these spreadsheets. Oh, and Tuesday, and like the rules had rules, and it was a whole, like if you miss this, then that, and it's this whole like I should be a developer. Um, but I didn't ever stick to it. I just made them, you know, and so part of my compulsion is just obsessed thinking about myself. Like, there has to be something more to think about than myself. Please, God, let there be something outside of me um, in the world. And it turns out that there is. (coughs) I know. Shocking. Um, It turns out that there is, and what there is, is you all. 
you know, and this fellowship. And I, um, I didn't have that before. You know, I didn't have people that would show up for me, and I didn't have people that would ask me how I'm doing. And, and I didn't really care about other people that much, to be honest. Um, yesterday I went to the funeral of a friend's mom, and and like there was there was like the OA contingent, you know, like we took up a couple rows because that's what we do here is the bat signal goes up and we like call out sick for work if we can and we move things around and we we go. Um, and I didn't have that. And the the depth of the doing for others that I have learned here is amazing. There's a story that I normally finish a share with, but I think I'll throw it in the middle uh, to really put me off my own game. So this is a you know a story that a guy um, I mean he had like a hundred years of sobriety. He was like really like an old timer. Um, he was saying how he was terrified to go to hospitals. I'm terrified of hospitals. A lot of people are. It's a pretty normal thing. And but his friend was sick, and so he wanted to go visit him. And his sponsor said, "Well, I'll go with you." And so they go, and it's fine. And they do that a few times. And in the car back one day, the guy says to his sponsor, he's like, well, you know, one day maybe I'll be able to do this without you. Like, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be big. I can do it without you. I won't need you to come with me anymore. And his sponsor, without even thinking about it, says, or I'll just always come with you. Like, I'll just keep coming. Like, that's fine, you know. And if I can't, then somebody else will. Um, and just the way that he told that story with how quickly, like, the answer was so obvious to his sponsor. Like, no, honey, I'm just going to keep coming with you. Um, whether, you can do, you, whether you can do it by yourself or not, whether I can do it by myself or not, what I get from this fellowship is that I don't have to. You know, I get stuck in this thing... Um, you know, my mother and my family were very independent. We're an independent brood, and um, do for ourselves and teach ourselves things. And um, no, like <laughs> I'm learning how to do it is kind of the way um, I was programmed. And one of the biggest gifts that I've gotten is to let or biggest lessons I mean it's a gift too but it has been a real lesson <laughs> is to let people teach me something that I already know how to do you know or let somebody tell me something that I already ha- know how to do my old yoga teacher used to say have enough conviction in my beliefs that I can let others say the words like I don't have to not throw my two cents in every t- I have a lot of like two cents to throw in and I don't have to throw them in <laughs> nobody cares like it's fine you're not making up anything new Rachel it's all been said before you're fine um, but I, I can let you help me even if I don't have to let you help me um, because I want to be included in this fellowship and I get to let you be of service to me and then I get to be of service to you um, and so it doesn't become this winning and losing like Thing anymore, it it's 
it's just really beautiful and it's really soft, you know, and it's really loving. Um, so there's that. Um, I will tell you, I've been pretty mean to myself lately in my brains. The headphone incident from earlier is really, like, really fragmented me. Um, and it was so funny, because my wife is in this program. She's a long, long timer. I don't want to call her an old timer, because that might be offensive. Um, <laughs> she's, she's a long time in this program, you know, 20 plus years. And... Um, she was helping me look for them, right? Because uh, she has to, because you know she couldn't just sit there and watch TV like when this is going on. Um, but I stopped for a second, and immediately I just, I had to laugh because like you lost them, and then I go right to like I'm so fat. It's like okay, well be that as it may, it has nothing to do with your health, you know, like. Um, but just that's the, like, something happened, like, my body. Like, we have a new boss at work, my body. Like, that. <laughs> I work for a really big company, like, one of the biggest companies. And I think that when they change their executive organization structure and they move their leaders around, there's a chance it doesn't have to do with my ass. <laughs> I'm willing to believe today that there's a chance it doesn't have to do with me. Um, it doesn't even have to do with my place in the company. I am, I am everything, and I am also very insignificant and replaceable. And I, I like that because it means that I am just, you know, I'm just another, just another compulsive eater, you know, just another dieter, just another one of us. There's nothing special about me, except for the fact that I am uniquely special, and I am this wonderful expression of God in, in all of the creative and loving and expressive ways that I exist. I am so special and so unique, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, and I am also just another grain of sand. You know, and when I can hold those two things in my head, which I can do because I've worked the steps, and I can do because I have a relationship with my higher power, and I can do because my, my sponsor laughs at me when I tell it, like, when I tell her, like, the darkest, like, worst thing that is, like, eating me up inside, she laughs at me because it's hilarious, and then my sponsors call me, and they say something, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know that I should wait like at least five minutes to laugh at you, preferably a couple days, but you're insane. Um, and so am I, and I love you, and I can recognize it. So let's like go work a step or something. For the love of God, let's both just do one. Um, and I've I've gotten a real right sizing here. You know, it used to be everything. Like I couldn't. I I used to think that I couldn't take a. I couldn't celebrate a, a sobriety anniversary because I had acne. Like, I can't get up there in front of the room because I have, like, shit on my face. You know, or I can't, I can't get up and walk across the room because I'm afraid that my pants are too short and my sock will show in a way, yeah, right? You got it. Um, will show in a way that, like, shouldn't. Um, thank you. Um, I, would, I was so just consumed with myself. 
and it's so boring. Um, it's so I'm so boring when I do that. Um, when I when I pull you aside and tell you what my latest diet is, it's so boring for you to have to listen to it. I know because I have coworkers who love to tell me about what their latest diet is, and it's I want to like put a for I'm like mm-hmm, that's great. And I said well actually I don't I don't diet and so I that sounds great for you. Um, or people will talk about like. I don't even know this shit, like macros and calories and this and that. So I'm like, I don't actually believe in calories, so I'm going to, like, I realize that they exist and it's like a unit of measure, but I don't, I don't really believe in them, so I'm, I, don't, I don't care how many calories are in this or how many I burn or like whatever. Um, the reason I track my fitness is because we get points on an app at work and I want to turn it into like a gift card. For, like, that's why I track things. Um, I never look at it again and I don't care what the numbers are I just want to get the credit so I can get the points so I can like buy more shit because that's going to fill me up <laughs> um, but it doesn't you know it, it doesn't cookies don't fill me up alcohol doesn't fill me up shopping doesn't fill me up um, going to my friend's mother's funeral filled me up and not having to be consumed with my own self when it was a clear time to be there for somebody else filled me up. I learned how to take care of myself. I had, I'm like a, I'm like that grandma, right? So I have this big purse. Are you honey, hungry, honey? I have a thing of nuts and I got some fruit and I had a shake on the way. Like, we take care of ourselves, you know? Like, Lori has bars and I've got nuts and like we've all got our snacks and everything just because you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to be standing there. Um, what if I don't like the food? What if I can't eat the food? Like, it's okay. Like, I know how to care of myself now so that I don't have to be consumed with myself. Um, and that's what I get. That's what I get from working with stuff. That's what I get from doing a couple fourth steps and having that, like, put in front of you. Thank you. Um, having it put in front of my face of, like, who and what I am. That's not true. The fourth step doesn't tell me who and what I am. The fourth step told me what I did um, and how I feel and how I think. But what I am and what you all are, like I said earlier, is a beautiful expression of God. Like I, there's no part of me that is bad. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a liar. I'm not a cheat, I'm not a thief, but I have lied and I have cheated and I have stolen. But those don't define me. Those are things that I do when I'm in when I'm sick. And and when I work the steps and when I can look at those patterns and I can identify those things, I'm like, oh, this is oh, this is like I'm dealing with Carol from fifteen years ago. Like, oh, you're Carol, okay. Like then I can I can know why you trigger me so much and why I all of a sudden wanna like be thinner than you. Um, or go eat a lot I don't know or be cooler than you or like be whatever or, or est um, it's just because it's old stuff getting triggered you know and I get to learn that from doing a four step so that my true self does get to come out you know my true self where I get to be I am so confident these days and it feels so good and like I I am such a nerd I love it I mean 
put the story in space or put a portal and I'm in I will read your book I will watch your movie if there's a portal or a spaceship I'm down um then I read I hike these are not like the most these aren't perhaps the sexiest hobbies um I don't go clubbing I don't drink I don't go out I'm married like we don't go out to bars or like go like pick up chicks or anything and so on the outside I have what I used to look at what I would judge as being a pretty boring scenario but it is so much fun last night we came home and she's playing you know bust em ups on her phone or something and I we just we just decided sewing is the new one they're all hobbies in sobriety and recovery so get ready um, if you haven't found them already so we have a sewing station now and I made I was sewing and she's doing the thing and it was just the TV wasn't on and there was no media and it was just so peaceful and so sweet and wholesome and fun it was really fun you know I'm just I look forward to the evenings where she's at the dining room table sewing and I'm making jewelry and we're just vibing out doing our own thing but doing our own thing together um and I get to enjoy that quietness, you know, because I do, I have learned how to meditate. Um, and I have learned how to be quiet. And I have learned how to be still. And I have learned how to enjoy those things. And really, not just enjoy them, but crave them. And I need them. And when it gets too loud and too frenetic, I don't really care for that. Um, because I just want to walk gently through life. And, and fill where I can fill, right? fill what needs to be filled when it's my job to do it um, I never would have asked for what I have it never would have occurred to me to ask for what I have but I will not give it up for anything I will do anything for my abstinence I will gain weight in order to maintain my abstinence I will do anything um, because if I go on a diet it's not about you it's not about her it's not about my sweater it's not about anything it's all about me and it's about me thinking I know better than God and I know better than my body and I don't um, I don't at all and and what a gift to be able to say that I don't know you know it's not I don't it's not that I've learned the answer in here it's that I've learned the question and the question for me is usually where's God because um, if I think I know the answers like I said earlier when I try to I'm going to figure it out like that's that's not good um, if I think I know the answer then I sh- run the other way for me if I'm going to tell you the answer <laughs> like you know when people say like watch out for the gurus that are telling you the answer or telling you the truth like go the other way when someone says that because that they don't um I know the question. And that, that seems to be the question for me, and that's my time, so I will stop. Thank you. <laughs> this is time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions I shared with you today are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you do not need to identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. I will restate the question after it is asked until 9.35. Go, please.
Thank you for your share. That's wonderful. How do you, um, what is the third step turning your bone in your life over the care of God came to you? And how has it affected your program and your absence? So the question is how, what does the third step kind of me look like for me and how has it affected my my recovery and my program. Um, to me, the third step is it is never a hard question because whatever is happening is God's will. Um, when it is easy, I am in line with it. When it is difficult, I am pushing. Um, if I keep running into bumpers, then I'm, I'm driving and I just need to relax. Um, and the way I kind of practically do that is I do the next indicated step. So if a bill comes, the next indicated step is to pay it. Um, and so I just try to make it really practical like that and not to get too heady because um, I will think myself into like wild ideas. Um, and the way that looks is I just do, I do the next thing and if there's no thing indicated, I do nothing. Um, and it makes things really easy and sometimes people I do have to deal with the peer pressure to act sometimes from out there in the world like the VP changes and people are like okay so we gotta update our resumes and we gotta start like selling ourselves to these other leaders in case we get laid off and all this stuff and I actually don't have to do that I'm gonna sit back and I keep doing my job and I'm gonna wait and see what happens um, and so far that seems to be working out okay so I hope that answers it please so I, in the session, I just realized that I stood in front of the room with a big water spot in front of my head from the latest <laughs> So the obsession and the self-absorption, when you get into that mode of rumination of those obsessions, how do you transfer those thoughts? So the question is... <laughs> Don't get mad at me for doing this. The last speaker had a big water stain on her pants um, <laughs> from washing her hands. Um, and so how do I, like when I get stuck in that like obsessing about myself, how do I get out of it? So, um, dear God, please remove this obsessive thinking and restore me to sanity is the mantra. Um, over and over again. I have other tools. I have outside tools. Um, that involve like a mantra and some like pressure point stuff. Um, and sometimes I have to, I have to laugh at it, you know, and I have to sometimes like, I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself for my like, for my crazy ways. Um, but I just, I have to, I have to ask for help. You know, I have to distract myself with something. Usually service seems to work better than eating. Um, so I try to do that, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes TV, like sometimes just checking out helps, um, which maybe isn't the best foot forward, but we do what we got. Um, but I pray. That's the one. Thanks for money. <laughs> no problem. Please. You mentioned uh, sometimes you have to eat things that maybe you're not understanding or eating because it's still kind of uncomfortable. How do you keep yourself from? going crazy eating those things and getting that, you know, <coughs> and then second part, how do you keep that from becoming a full-on thing so the question is about how sometimes for me the, the recovery is to eat the cookie and sometimes it isn't. So when it is time to eat something like that, how do I 
not get it all blown out of proportion and how do I not like trigger the beast and go full you know full into it um, I have to be really honest with myself um, and sometimes I have to remi- I remind this to my sponsors a lot because <coughs> I need to have it reminded to me a lot <coughs> sometimes in sobriety I'm going to miss out on things you know I might leave the party a little earlier like when people are starting to you know get fun that might be time for me to leave this might taste really good but sometimes I have to miss out on eating it because it's it's too exciting <laughs> you know it's too it's not um, so I have to be really honest with where I am and I have to again I just have to beg sometimes for the willingness to put it down um, and how do I not let it trigger into a full binge I um I, I am also in the beverage program, and I, I take my I take that very seriously. And that was my first program, and so I come in here and I I carry that with me, and I take my abstinence so seriously. I will not give it up for anything, no matter what. I hear people <coughs> they just can't get sober, they can't stop eating, they can't stop doing whatever. And I pray for them to find that moment, to have that spiritual, that shift where it becomes a no matter what and where I'm willing to pick up the phone instead of the food or pick up the whatever instead of the this. Um, I will not binge no matter what. And I will do anything to make sure that doesn't happen. And if I start, if I have a couple sweets and it, it starts to get a little funny, I just, I... I gotta grab it before the switch flips. Um, but the good news is that I don't. I'm not confronted with that very much anymore. Like I'll eat, you know, maybe a little bit more than I should, or like I'll go back for a second cookie or something like that. But for the most part, I'm not. Um, I'm not white knuckling it anymore because I have turned it over so much, um, and I I love my recovery so much that it isn't. It isn't a struggle, really, um, anymore. But if it does get funny, then I just have to be really honest. Like, I accidentally almost went on a diet. Um, <laughs> because my friend, my friend at work, she and her husband were doing the one where you, you don't eat for a certain amount of time, and then you eat, and then you don't eat. And we eat at the same time, she and I, and so I just kind of, I was doing it with them. I wasn't doing it with them, but I ate at the same time. And, um, and I caught myself saying, well, if I eat now, then I can't eat until then. And I was like, oh, no, no. And so I called my sponsor immediately. I was like, oh, my God, I almost went on a diet. She's like, that sounds like a terrible diet, first of all. Eat right now and then eat when you get home. I was like, okay. You know, and so it's just I have to be really honest. Honesty and willingness is the key. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, which step did you struggle with the most? Ooh, which step did I struggle with the most? I don't struggle. I relax and take it easy. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question, I think. Um, I'm not afraid of fourth steps. Um, I like getting in there. Like, I really, I do. Um, I did work in a different program. I worked this epic 
workbook fourth step that I really resented the whole time doing. And I'm doing our workbook, and I, you know, I have feelings about it. Um, but I'm doing it anyway because I committed to it. So some of the answers would be like, I think this is a stupid question, and then here's the answer. So that one is probably... That, that's probably where I had my arms crossed the most, if that makes sense. But, you know, I guess if I want to really look at it, the seventh step, because I keep doing the things that don't serve me, you know. Um, I keep wanting to get in there and get the gossip. I keep wanting to... Um, choose TV over chores because that feels good and that that feels good now and the other will feel good in the morning um, so I think in that way of you know I, I look you know I've, I've become willing for God to remove my defects of character and then like the, just that next part of being willing to actually live a different life um, I think that's probably the stickiest thing, just because I have some of those original character defects, they still show up. You know, it's like the top four like are still in there. Um, so I guess that, but I, um, I don't have an obvious one that was hard for me. Thank you. Please. At what point in your abstinence did you so the question is, at what time in my recovery did the, the kind of white knuckling go away? Um, well, I, I think it comes and goes. Um, I had probably stopped binging for a while by the time I came in. Um, <clears throat> I came in in May and then I was t- like, oh, that sounds good. Your abstinence, I'll do that. And then I'll take some of your abstinence and I'll do some of your abstinence. And here's a, it actually makes you worse to do that. Um, but I wasn't doing the things that I do in that time. So I had a little bit of space between. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of like I have to get through a few firsts. So there isn't, there isn't a moment or a date or a step, but it's, you know, after I've gone to those terrible group d- dinners a few times, they're the worst, right? Um, after I've gone to a few of those and I've learned the tools that my sponsor gives me, like, just order something for yourself or when in doubt, have a sandwich. Um, you know, I've, after using a f- some of those tools a few times and getting a little bit of that experiential experience under my belt, um, then I notice I, it doesn't. I don't have to use those tools as much anymore. Like I don't have to go to my emergency food plan anymore because, like, I brought snacks to the thing yesterday so that I wouldn't get crazy and hungry, right? So I wouldn't have to binge later. Um, so, like, waking up early starts the day before. It's not starting in the morning. So I, like, lead up to it. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, every once in a while it still happens. Like, it's a barometer for me, really, of if, if something, if I'm having a weird, if it's hard for me to stop eating or if it's hard for me to stop grazing, there's something else there. And what I've learned to do is to recognize that. And so I can go and I can uncover it and be like, oh, 
Why are you constantly eating? Oh, because I'm insecure about my job. So I'm just going to stuff crunchy, salty things in my mouth and hope that like everything works out okay. So it, I get to see the, the clues kind of a little bit more. So I don't know if that really answered it, but okay, good. Thank you. Uh, fear share. Uh, do you struggle with compare and despair at all? <laughs> and how do you, uh, some people don't Thank you. <laughs> the question which I how do you work laughed out loud at is do I ever struggle with compare and despair? Oh, God, yes. Um, all the time. I, I dance ballet, and so there are a lot of bodies to look at, and, um, a lot of like her leg goes up here and mine's there or like in the mirror in, the, in my head like oh my god it's so beautiful and then I look in the mirror and I'm like oh. you know um, so there there is a lot of that there's a lot of opportunity for that to be sure and you know I've, I've got some friends who have some shiny lives and some fancy things and um, and I do get a little bit of the well I can do that like why aren't I doing that um, and the answer is like, if I wanted to do that, I would have done it, you know? Like, if I really wanted to write that yoga book that I have started a dozen times, I would have written it by now. Apparently, I don't really have to say anything that new, so I'm not going to write a book about it. I don't have anything new. You know, like, I'll work with people one-on-one. That's my karma, to help people one-on-one instead of, like, on a grand scheme. Um, I just have to, like, remind myself over and over again that... That's their body, and this is my body, and every body is different, and and I don't know what they think inside, you know, like, I know that I feel so good inside, and I love the life that I have, my quiet, wonderful life in our little apartment with a parking space in West Hollywood, are you kidding? Um, and Two parking spaces, actually, and... Um, <coughs> And I love my wife and our cat and my books and my projects and her projects and my friends and my co- Like, I have so much that I love and I just, I start looking at these things and I forget that I love what I have. And so when I get into compare, compare and despair and when I start not being happy for people having success that I think I could also have if I just... XYZ, um, I just need to take a break and just look at my cat and look at my wife and just look at our life together. And we just, it's such a good life. And I have such wonderful friends and I have everything that matters, I have. Everything that matters, I have in space. And I even have some fun toys. You know, like I'm, you know, it's not a cardboard box that I'm living in. Like it's a, you know, a structure. <laughs> um, and, you know, like there's always food in the fridge. My car always has gas. Like, it's my clothes are in good repair. I have some shiny gadgets. So like, it's you know like, I have good things too. Um, and so it just when I get that moment, it serves me to just look and be reminded that I that I love what I have and that's all that matters. Um, is there time for one more or is that? I got two minutes. Two minutes. We'll do a quick one, please. My experience with the ninth step. Um, I I hate making amends, and so I try not to mess up. 
Um, I, I did some scary ones, you know. I did some pretty scary ones. I had to go and talk to the president of the company that I used to work for and the HR director and um, my parents and my ex-husband. And um, and for the most part, I've had a really, I've had pretty good reception. People, um, there was a lot of like, what are you talking about? There's a lot of that because I'm worse in my head than I am outside. Um, people are just glad that I'm in recovery for the most part. Um, there, there's one that I, our friendship ended and she told me she never wanted to speak to me again. And so I don't track her down. You know, I'm not a private investigator. And the amends that I make to her is I just leave her alone. I did send a, an email and it turned it was the wrong address. And so who knows if she got it. But um, my experience is that it is so freeing. And when I walk out of there, after having having had that appointment with like the sweatiest armpits and the you know like just the butterflies in my stomach I feel so free you know and such relief that I can now look at this person in the eye um, and that I never I don't have to do whatever I just did again and in fact I better not because if I just went through the whole thing of like getting sweaty and making amends I don't it's, it's just an apology if I keep doing it over and over again for it to be an amends I have to fix and I have to stop doing. So that is how it works for me. Thank you.